The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Lord Christ. And again, good morning. Welcome to All Saints. We're so glad you're here with us to worship the living God. Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And though the grass withers and the flowers fade, your word will last forever. And so, Lord, would you make my words and the meditation of all of our hearts pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you are a regular here at All Saints, you know that we are in the midst of our fall sermon series on the Lord's Prayer coming from Matthew chapter 6, which is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. The prayer, 57 words in Greek, six petitions. The first three are about God's glory, that his name be hallowed that his kingdom come, that his will be done. We've looked at all of those over the last several weeks. And now the second petitions, they're all about our good. But of course, we need to look and come to the Lord first to glorify him before we pray to him about our needs. This morning, we begin the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. It addresses what many of Jesus' disciples undoubtedly would have experienced in their agrarian society in the ancient Near East. Anxiety in the battle for bread. Bread being a representation of our basic provisions that we need for living. And you can see from our gospel passage that Josh just read to us that Jesus addresses this anxiety right after he tells his disciples how to pray. Now, I wonder if many of us here in 21st century America have known such anxiety as the son of hardworking, successful parents, an attorney and an educator. I never feared having what I needed 
to live on until I was 33 years old, married with two kids, a mortgage, and a new fledgling business. I'd committed to go on a weeks-long mission trip to Japan with other businessmen from our church up in Dallas, actually the grandmother church here to All Saints, Park City's Prez. But I didn't know that the day I would be leaving, I would be owed on lots of outstanding invoices, and the family bank account would be dangerously low. Drew and I found ourselves anxious, even fearful. She let me off at the airport, and I said goodbye to her and the kids. And husbands, let me be an example of how not to care for your wife at a time like that. And just, you know, uh, leaving her and the kids in that kind of a situation. And so how does this fourth petition, this prayer petition, help us to avoid being fearful and anxious with our needs? God wants to use it in our lives to transform us in at least four ways we'll look at this morning. First, to make us dependent people who live with God as our provider. He wants to dispel the myth of self-sufficiency that tends to take root in our lives. Take a look at our Old Testament passage from Exodus 16. This is what Jesus' disciples would have thought of when he said, give us this day our daily bread. Israel in Exodus from Egypt, wandering in the wilderness before the promised land, manna and quail, where God provides what we need to follow him, morning and evening, every day for 40 years. A double yet different portion for weekly Sabbath. Sabbath rest. Maggot-free when you follow him, but uh, not when you don't. Daily bread represents a prayer for all we need to sustain our physical life. Water, even from a rock in the wilderness. Clothing that miraculously lasted for 40 years without wearing out. Safety from enemies all around. Shelter. All they needed, all we need, but not all we want. And Jesus says daily bread is what we should pray for. He's telling us to live one day at a time because today has enough troubles of its own. But he's not commending living paycheck to paycheck or avoiding saving. He is commending a poverty of spirit and avoiding presumption in our lives. Our normal lives are more fragile than we think. And we have certainly seen that this week, haven't we? They can blow up at any time. Global peace, national stability, our job, the value of our assets, health, safety, relationships. Our confidence for today is not in the status quo, but in the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13 tells us. God gives grace today 
for needs and trials today. So don't look today for next year's bread, Jesus is saying. And it's not just about our physical life that he's wanting us to pray for daily bread. It's for our spiritual life too. In Matthew chapter 4, after fasting for 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus responds to Satan's temptation. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus is reminding us that he has designed us as body-spirit beings, and he is the provider for us physically and spiritually. In John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life come down from heaven to give you eternal life. You know where Jesus was born? In Bethlehem. You know what the word Bethlehem means in the Hebrew? Beth, meaning house, and lehem, meaning bread. Jesus was born in the house of bread. The heavenly father sent the manna from heaven to us that we might be nourished by him. When we pray the fourth petition, we are essentially praying, give us this day, Jesus. Give it to, give him to us today. Now, From time to time, I'm asked all sorts of questions about our church and why we do things certain ways. One question I'm occasionally asked is, why do we have communion every week? And my answer is always the same. It's because we need as much Jesus as we can get. Our provider is our provision. Let me say it again. Our provider is our provision. I didn't tell you the rest of the story. By the time I returned home from that Japan mission trip, by God's grace, all the invoices had been paid in full, and our family bank account was at a comfortable level again, just in the nick of time. And that did something to my wife and me. We began regularly tithing 10% of our first fruits to our local church. And it became a way of life for us. Not perfectly. I don't stand here telling you that we've done it perfectly, but that has been our general way of life these 30 years. And let me tell you, over 30 years, we have seen and we can testify that God has done a whole lot more with the 90% left over than we ever were able to do with the 100% we were holding on to. Yes, God wants to make us realize and practice being dependent people who know that it's all his, it's all for his glory, and he is our provider. Second, he wants us to, to make us confident people who know God as our Father. This fourth petition does not begin with, give us this day. It begins with, our Father, give us this day. Later in his Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? 
If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Parents, you know this is true. Being a parent means your heart is bound up with the joy of your child. We delight to give them what they need. And why is that? It's because we've been made in the image of our Father in heaven who delights to give to us what we need. And it's, he, he not only has the motive to provide for us as our Father, he has the means to provide for us because he's not just a father. He's a royal father. He's the king. James says, you do not have because you do not ask. No good thing does he withhold. You can never ask too much from our royal heavenly father. He delights to give us what we need. In our call to worship that came from Psalm 23, it doesn't just portray God as shepherd, but also as a victorious king who prepares a banquet table before me in the presence of my enemies, my enemies that I have battled for bread, the thorns and thistles of this life that he has overcome and he is making new. And we can be confident of our royal father that if he says no or not yet to our prayer, it's for our good. Some of you know that our grandson, Cully, was here last weekend for his baptism. He's 15 months old, and I had not been around a 15-month-old for an extended time until last weekend. It's amazing all the things he wants to put into his mouth. Sharp things, disgusting things, things that will not be good for him. At age 15 months, he doesn't have the wisdom to discern rightly whether it's good for him or not. Nor did I then at 15 months, and nor did you. Nor will he, nor did we at age 5 or age 15 or age 50 plus. Our father discerns the heart desires of his children and responds with what's good for us. As Sinclair Ferguson says, God can be trusted even when he can't be understood. You may remember the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. He describes having a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was, but it was something that he thought was keeping him from being strong and effective in ministry. And so three times he asked God to take it away. But the father said, no, my strength in you is made perfect in your weakness. As Tim Keller used to say, God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. In other words, God is always answering our prayers as the perfect father. Yes, he wants us to be more and more dependent on him as our provider, confident on him as our father. And third, he wants us to be relational people because he is wise and personal. In our gospel reading, starting at verse 25, Jesus says that we should consider the birds and the lilies. 
Now, out of all of God's creation, why does Jesus choose fowl and flower? When we lived in New York, our backyard sloped up towards a cliff. One of our friends said it was as if God raised it up just enough so we could see everything going on in our backyard. And that was especially a wonderful thing to see in the springtime. Two things in particular, robins and daffodils, birds and flowers. The robins were all over the backyard in the springtime, all very active, digging with their beaks into the ground, looking for worms, as if they knew their heavenly provider was their heavenly hider, and he had hidden what was their provision, and he wanted them to search in faith for what he'd provided just below the surface. Like robins, we have a responsibility to work for our needs where we can with what God has given us. Neither sloth nor theft is the answer. Daffodils, on the other hand, in our backyard, yellow, white, orange, beautiful all over, but incredibly passive. They did nothing but receive from their heavenly father what they needed, rain, sun, soil. In other words, sometimes it's time to work and sometimes it's time to wait on God to provide. The question is, how do you know when to be one or the other? How do you know when to be a bird and when to be a lily for your provision? And the answer is, it takes wisdom. Wisdom that comes from seeking the Lord in his word, the one who is wisdom. The more you grow in right relationship with God, the more you'll know when to be a bird and when to be a lily for what you need. Jesus wants us to seek him. He's the person for whom we're made. We are made for a relationship with him, a relationship of faith, not anxiety. Kevin DeYoung says this, anxiety is living out of the future before it gets here. But faith is trusting that when the future comes, our Father will, get, will be there to give us what we need. And notice, Jesus doesn't say to pray, give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread. Our right relationship with God is a relationship of praying and caring for the family of God his people, that we may honor his name together and extend his kingdom together and follow his will together. You may not know about the history of our church, but we have always tithed at least 10% of our annual operating budget to missions to all sorts of missional work here locally and around the world. So when we pray, give us our daily bread, we should be praying for this missional work that we support. Our Unidos ministry to our brothers and sisters who speak Spanish. To Natalie and Adam Radcliffe who are going to plant a church in Northwest Austin. 
to all of the missional partners we support locally and all, all over the world, ministering not just spiritually, but physically as well to that over 10% of the world's population that lives on less than $2 a day. And we need to be praying to give us this day our daily bread for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Some of you may not know what's been going on in Israel over the last several years, but there's been a great uh, work of the Spirit in converting not only Israelis, but also Arabs. And Arabs make up 20% of the population of Israel. There is a growing Christian church in Israel. We need to be praying for them that God would give them the daily bread they need to be light and salt in a very dark place right now. God wants to develop in us a social conscience for the world's needs. So yes, relational because he's wise, confident because he's our father, dependent because he's our provider, and he wants to make us an adventurous people. Adventurous because God is testy. Now, what do I mean by testy? Not not that he's impatient. No, far from it. God is testy in that he tests our faith. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moses tells Israel right before they go into the promised land that God gave them daily manna to humble and test them. He says, quote, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. And you know what? I think God is testing our faith here at All Saints as a congregation right now with a $30 million capital campaign. I've got to confess to you, I'm tempted to be anxious. What if we don't raise it? With four worship services every Sunday, our staff is not on a long-term pace. I said in the recent campaign video that some of you may have seen that our job is not to be successful. Our job collectively or individually, it's not our job to be successful. It's our job to be faithful with what God has given us and leave the success to him. It's all his after all, and it's all for his glory. Yes, he's testing our faith. But there's one place in Scripture where God invites us to test him. Do you know where it is? It's just one book prior to the book of Matthew, the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, chapter 3, where God, the context is Israel has turned away from God. And so he says to Israel, quote, return to me and I will return to you. You're not trusting me in your tithes and contributions. Verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, unquote. Don't believe it because I say it. Go and read for yourself this afternoon. This is your homework, your mission, all saints, if you choose to accept it. 
Malachi 3.10. Read it for yourself and then join us in praying and believing and trusting that God our Father in heaven has brought to us congregants, some of you who are like robins, who know where there are some really big worms. Active robins with a spirit of adventure from the Lord to bring contributions to his house to test him, to see whether he will do what he says he will do. Open the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Father in, Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and let us delight in the adventure of, of experiencing your peace, your shalom in our dependence on you. Help us to live one day at a time with you as our provider in the confidence of you, our Father, who wisely gives us what we need for our benefit and your glory. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.